Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Today we are finishing up our series, Can't Steal My Joy. Has anybody loved Can't Steal My Joy all through this series so far? If you missed any of it, about six of you loved it. That's good. No, I'm just kidding. All of us, if you want to, go back. It's on our podcast. It's online. Uh, man, we'd love for you just to be a part of just experiencing that. And if you have missed any of the weeks, let me encourage you with what we've been talking about. We've been walking through this book of Philippians uh, together that was written by this guy named Paul. Somebody shout Paul. Yeah, Paul was the writer of it. He had planted a church in Philippi, and about 10 years later, he's writing a letter to encourage them a little bit. And uh, we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. You've been using your journals, been digging in this summer. It's been a great time just to spend uh, walking through this book of Philippians together. I thought just today, uh, again, we've been in a series, the whole title of the series is this idea of you can't steal my joy. And I got to thinking about it, and I got to thinking, how many of y'all grew up, let me just ask you really quick, how many of y'all grew up in church where like you had testimony? Sunday. Come on, somebody, right? Woo, somebody got waving like this because you had it in your church, right? I, I don't know about you, but I grew up in church, man, when we had testimonies time uh, from, from time to time. And uh, as I was beginning to think about this series, as, I was ta- as we were walking through it uh, and praying through it, we just felt like, hey, there's some people in our church um, that, have exi- that have exuded like, like joy in the middle of a circumstance that are probably a lot of us, it would be hard to find some joy up in. And so uh, I just want today is going to be a little bit of a Q&A, a little bit of people from our church, from your church, sharing your, their story. And I just want to just believe that God is going to use a piece of their story to encourage you, that the Holy Spirit is going to do that today. And so I just want to just take a second. I'm going to invite some friends up on stage. And as they come, would y'all mind putting your hands together and maybe a little anxious, a little nervous to share a little bit of their story. But can we welcome to the stage my friend Aaron Adams, Jolyn Becca, and Reed Smith, and then Miss Julie Robinson. Y'all come on, give it up for these guys and gals coming up here on this stage right now. Here he comes, Aaron. My guy, Aaron. Come here, big fella. Right here, buddy. Love it, love it, love it. Come on in here, y'all. Come on in here. Y'all, one more time, give it up for these guys and gals coming up here on stage together. Awesome. I'll just tell you, it is a little nerve-wracking, right, to be uh, uh, up here and sharing a little bit of your story, especially really vulnerable um, with what we're doing. But let's just start off with an easy question first. Uh, I'm going to start with Joel and Becca down there on the end. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? You know, I just did that. Uh, but if you don't mind just introducing yourself and just tell us a little bit. We'll just kind of go this way uh, and just introduce yourself and let us know how long, how long have you been a part of Purpose Church. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family, and then we'll jump into your story in just a little bit. But just give a little intro to everybody first. How about that? This thing on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm Joel Smith. This is my wife, Becca, and our son, Reed. Um, we've been going to Purpose for a little over three and a half years. Um, this, you know, it's been a, an eventful, eventful last six, couple, six months. And yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all give it up for Joel and Becca and Rito Burrito is what we call him. Rito Burrito. Got an incredible story. Can't wait for you to hear that. Up next, come on, Miss Julie. 
My name is Julie Robinson, and my husband's Craig. We have three adult children, and um, we've been, we just moved here in October of this past year, and then we started kind of coming a little bit when we were at the middle school. And in December, we started going through next. In January, we just started taking off. So we've been here about eight months. So. Love it, love it. Come on, y'all give it up for Miss Julie and her husband, Craig, and family. Love them. And then I got my man, Aaron, and I'm going to read his responses to us today, if that's all right, because he, uh, I want to be able to speak on his behalf. My, hi, my name is Aaron. I'm 23, and I've been coming to Purpose Church for five months. Yeah, you have. Y'all give it up for Aaron, my man. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, well, I, I want to jump in and just kind of get to, again, I want you guys to be able to share your story today, but we're going to kind of walk back uh, a couple weeks to where we started in Philippians chapter 1, and really the whole big idea of that week that we talked about and uh, as, I, as we preached about was this idea of happiness versus joy, right? This idea of happiness versus joy. Happiness is based on our circumstances, but joy is really found in Jesus. And so here's what I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to make sure I ask this question to you right because I want you to be able to answer it. I'm, I will start down there again on the end with Joel and Becca and Rito Burrito. Uh, but, but if you can, what, like based on your circumstance, right, based on what you guys have walked through, obviously Philippians chapter 1 verse 12 says this, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that's happened to me here has happened to me to help spread the good news, the good news of the gospel. And I just think about your guys' story, and based on your circumstance, based on what you guys have gone through, people would look at you, look at your stories, and say, you know what, no, 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 there's no way that they can have joy. Why don't you guys, if you don't mind, share with us a little bit about your story, about what got you here, about what those last six months, Joel, have looked like for you guys, and how in the middle of all of that, there's something about y'all. I'm just telling you, if you can't look, I'm telling y'all, what he's about to share in just a second is like, okay, um, and yet they are some of the most joyful people that I've ever met in my life, so please, would y'all just share a little bit of your story and how in the middle of that circumstance, you found some joy? So yeah, like I said, this is our son, Reed. Um, he was born in December. Um, he was born at 23 weeks, um, weighed one pound, six ounces when he was born, um, was at Vanderbilt in the NICU for 114 days. Um, as soon as he was born, he was immediately put onto ventilators, hooked up to every, every mo monitor there is, pretty much, um, and he had a lot of a lot of struggles uh, with just being so premature a micro preemie um, he within first couple days he had a, a drain put in um, from a hole in his intestine um, he's had <laughs> as he smiles <laughs> he has had eye surgery eye injections um, heart procedure just a lot of a lot of things a lot of cards stacked against him um, a lot of a lot of scary moments. Um, just as they say, the NICU is a roller coaster, and it's no joke. It is a roller coaster. Um, but we just tried to keep keep faith um, and know that we were put there, and all of that happened is happened for a reason. Um, that we tried to just you know lean in, find our joy and strength in the Lord, um, and just know that that he was with us and kind of our backbone and that everything happens for a reason. I actually brought a book that we have that we read to read every night. Um, it's called Cutie I Pray. And it's just kind of the book, kind of 
what we lived by a little bit, um, not just our prayer for Reed, but kind of our prayer to us. Um, and just kind of kind of starting off with it. The book actually is Cutie, I Pray, but throughout the book, you everywhere it says Cutie, you use the baby's name. And it says, Reed, I pray your faith is strong and your mission is clear. And you know that with God at your side, there is nothing to fear. And then the last page, read, now pray every day and pray every night. Be bold, be brave, and shine Jesus' light so bright. Praise him loud, praise him clear, praise him for all the world to hear. And so I can just kind of lean into that. His faith is strong and his mission is, is clear. And kind of to us, we tried to see this NICU journey and, you know, his, the first 114 days and then into, you know, into the present as as a mission that we often said kind of in the NICU that, you know, we're here for a reason, we're walking through this journey for a reason, and even if we can touch the life of one nurse, one medical staff, one parent that's there, the Lord is using us, and that we just kind of, you know, in the times of difficult, in the times that the devil starts to kind of seep through, just remember that this is all happening for a reason, and just kind of use us. Come on, can we give it up for Tolan and Becca and Reed? Love that. I love that. All right, Miss Julie, if you don't mind, won't you share a little bit about your story, what you're walking through, what you have walked through, and how in the middle of that, somehow that you can still find some joy. Won't you share that? Well, I have a notebook because I can't think when I get up here. So y'all going to have to see me note. I put me in my notes. Um, 12 years ago, um, well, probably 20 years ago, I started having some really crazy symptoms and just some really odd stuff. So I went through so much testing and, you know, it's just hard to find out what's going on and you just get very frustrated. So about 12 years ago, I actually was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which a lot of people just call it MS. It's a debilitating disease with no cure. And um, you just treat the symptoms and you just, it's basically you deal with whatever comes. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what this afternoon's going to bring. And so, um, along with my MS diagnosis, with all the treatments and the different things, other health problems have come along um, with that. And when I was first diagnosed, I'm going to be real honest with you, I was very angry. I did not want to talk to God. I wanted to remove myself from him because I felt like he had caused, you know, it was his fault. Why am I having to deal with this? It was just anger. Now, that didn't last 30 days. That lasted years. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to deal with people. Um, One of the things that I have with my MS is that I have, sometimes have tics, Sometimes I have where I can't speak correctly. And so the first thing I did was isolate myself. Didn't want to be around people. I just wanted to hide in my little hole. And I did that for years, guys. I'm not talking about, you know, a month. I'm talking about years. Um, I felt like I had lost my purpose. life because when you talk to people they go you know first thing that you say is hey I'm such and such what do you do you know what what job do you do 
well, I hadn't, couldn't work anymore. So when people would say, oh, what, what do you do? I stay home. Now, there's nothing wrong with staying home. But when you've worked since you were 15 years old, I felt like everything had been removed from me. I couldn't do certain things. I couldn't have a normal life. I didn't want to be around people. And so I held on to that. I, I just wanted to isolate. But the thing is, is that I removed myself from God. But God never removed himself from me. I walked away, but he was still there. So even though I was turning away from him, he was still drawing me to him. I could see that God was moving and God was there. I just didn't want to be a part of it. I knew I, I couldn't see because all I was doing was holding on to everything that I had lost. But I finally started to figure out that I had to let go and I had to see what I had in front of me. I had my family. I had my, my community. I had God in my life. And when my father passed away about five years ago, I guess what it took, I was angry then. God took my dad. It was immediate. He had a massive heart attack. We had no idea. So I was angry. It's like I stayed angry for years. But I put on a fake face and I'm fine, you know. But a couple of years after he died, this hit me. My father's in heaven with Jesus. And he's disappointed in me. I knew that. I knew God was disappointed in me. And so I had to think, I don't want to live this way. Time is so, is just a vapor. I mean, you don't realize that till you don't know what tomorrow's going to be. Because tomorrow I could wake up and not be able to swallow. Tomorrow I could wake up and not be able to walk. Tomorrow I could wake up and my lungs don't work. So then I decided I have to live each day as if it's my last. Now, am I perfect at it? No, I am not. But I seek him every day. And I really, truly believe that joy is a choice. You know, our situation has not been great. We've had financial issues. We've dealt with health issues. We've dealt with death of parents. But you make a choice every day when you get up. Is today a good day? Am I going to, is my purpose today is to serve God? Now, I can't do the things I used to do. But I can do something else. I can serve. I can have an open heart. And I can love all these babies that are in our church. Yeah. That's one of my purposes. Yeah. But I find joy in the little things now. Not necessarily the big things. That's great. And, and if you don't know, Miss Julie and Mr. Craig, they, they are uh, on our kids' team. And I'm telling you, they have some of the biggest hearts, and kids just flock to them. And uh, I think it is because, again, you got to be a joyful person for a kid to come to you. Come on. You can't be a grouch and a kid come to you, you know. So, so I know um, you guys are incredible. And then, Aaron, Aaron, I'm going to ask you that question, brother. On, uh, based on your circumstance, based on your life, 
based on what you've walked through, how in the world in the middle of that do you find joy? I'm going to read your response. Can I do that? Yeah, okay. Here's what he said. He said, we found out that I have cerebral palsy when I was three years old growing up. I always knew God because I accepted Jesus in my heart. And as I got older, things in my life were not perfect, especially as I got into my early adult years. There were some of the hardest years in my life. I started to get around people my age, and so much judgment and negativity started to come into my life. And I started to think God didn't want me to have joy or happiness because people said to me I didn't have much of a future. And I started to believe that. Then I realized that that was a lie from people. Because God wants people to have joy and happiness. And it's not about going, uh, it's not always going to be this way. Is what joy is about and happiness is about when things start to turn around. And living in a good moment in your life for Jesus. Yeah. Come on. That's a good response. <laughs> I love that. I love that, Aaron. And uh, I'm so glad you shared that. And uh, man, come on, let's give it up for Aaron one more time with Jesus in his life. <clears throat> Woo. Aaron, I'm going to start with you again on this next one, okay? I'm going to start with you. Uh, so week two, we talked about following the leader, ultimately that Jesus is the best leader that we could follow, especially when it comes to this idea of exuding joy, no matter the circumstance. And uh, Philippians 2, verse 5 says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, right? And so this is the question that I threw to them this week, and I want you them to answer. Uh, when going through all that you've gone through, what specifically have you been able to point to in the life of Jesus that has encouraged you, that's challenged you, that's built your faith? What is it about Jesus that you look at his life and that's the thing that you can take and say, oh, you know what, I can, I'm going to emulate Jesus, I'm going to be like that, and I'm going to apply that to my life. So Aaron, let me read your response. Yeah. All right. All right, here's what he said. Uh, he said, for me, Jesus is able to forgive no matter what people do or say. For it has helped me to forgive people that have said stuff to me that was hurtful. Because Jesus always does that. It doesn't mean you have to be around that one that hurts you. But you do forgive anyway. And that's where Jesus has helped me. That's a good word, my friend. That's a good word. I love that. I love that answer. I love that. I think forgiveness is one of those things is as we're following Jesus that may be hard for us to do sometimes. But absolutely, I love that so much, Aaron. Why don't you uh, take that, Miss Julie? What, according to your, uh, obviously everything you've gone through, what about the life of Jesus that could you point to Jesus and say, you know what, man, Jesus did it like that. I'm going to try and do that as well. Well, you know, we think we have our life planned out. You know, when you're growing up and you're a kid and you're in college and you get married and you think your life's just supposed to be this way and everything's set. Well, mine has never been that way. So I don't know anybody else's. But when I look at that, I know, I'm sure Jesus, he knew he was here to be the word and the light of, of God. But he did not want to die. He asked God, please take this from me, because he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to suffer. Why would he? But he did anyway. Yeah. He was punished. And so I have, thing, I have to think if he went through so much to pay for our sin, yeah. for my sin, then I need to hold on to him. Let him use my talents, my heart, to show my purpose and to help others. And 
before all this stuff happened, I was more of a leader. I was more out there doing the bigger things. And now I have to step back. And God has showed me that I have to be, have a servant's heart now. Be help to those that are doing some of the things that I can't. And so I just look at him and know that God has he suffered. He died. He was punished. So even the stuff that I deal with in my life, it's not anywhere near the stuff that he went through. Absolutely. It's great. It's great. What about you guys? Becca, Joel? <laughs> so to kind of add to what Joel was saying, um, I specifically remember a time um, at the beginning of, of all this where, um, sorry, Um, I had just been flown to Vanderbilt, and we, it was before Reed was born, and all the teams came running in, and, like, the, my doctors, the NICU team, all, like, the specialty teams and stuff came running in, and were giving us all these different scenarios and statistics and what-ifs and, like, everything that could go wrong, um, and we both, I think we both just had this unexplainable peace, um, and I remember at one point in time, one of the doctors said, like, are you guys understanding what we're saying? And I remember Joel said, like, don't take our lack of emotion for lack of caring, that we are Christians and we just know it's in the Lord's hands. Let's go. Um, so that reminds me of Matthew 14, where the disciples find themselves in a boat in, in a storm, mm. and the waves are crashing against the boat, and the wind's blowing, and they're terrified, and they're like, you know, they just feel lost and hopeless, and Jesus is nowhere to be found. And then he comes walking on water, and Peter has the, has the opportunity to um, walk on water, too. And um, sorry, I'm real nervous. <laughs> has the opportunity, to, to walk on water and have courage and have even more trust in God. And so I think there were several times where we were like, why, God, like, why us? Why read? Why, the, you know, where we just have to remember that, you know, our faith's in him and that he's got the situation. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Come on, Becca going to preach on stage today. <laughs> Becca, if anybody knows Becca, that's like, you know, I'm so proud of you for like, this is uncomfortable for you. It's very much out of your comfort zone, but I promise you sharing your story is helping somebody out here today. So thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being willing to do that. It's awesome. All right, we're going to go to week three. We talked about this idea of remind yourself. A couple of points from that week that we talked about was that nothing is better than knowing Jesus. Um, uh, that for, we got to forget the past and then remind ourselves that the, this world is not our home. And so, uh, obviously, according to Philippians chapter 3, this is what Paul is writing to us in the book of Philippians. He says this, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Somebody shout, I press on. I press on. All right, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling us. And so... I wanted to just ask all of you, like, was there ever a time walking through what you're walking through? Was there ever a time in your life where you had to remind yourself of some of those things, right? That it was going to be easier to give up, but you had to remind yourself of what Paul even said. Hey, I press on, not because of this world is my home, but because I have a heavenly prize. Was there ever a time, let's be honest, and you can be really honest today with the church, was there ever a time where you wanted to give up? And if there was, once you share that struggle, that pain, that hurt that was there, and uh, just share that. And Miss Julie, why don't you start us off by sharing? 
some days are really hard um, dealing with the things that, that I have to go through. I'm not perfect. Some days I do want to stay in bed. Some days I just don't want to deal with it. Um, and when you look at the past, I have regrets um, about the way that I dealt with things. But I can't stay there. I can't stay in that because that it's a drowning feeling. Yeah. Um, and I envy others that can do what I used to do, if that makes sense. Um, and I know those things are not of God. Yeah. They're not of God. He has a purpose for me. Yeah. So what I have to do is move past the regrets mm -hmm. and the fear. And lean on Christ. So I ground myself in him. In my faith. And I turn my focus to helping others. How can I help others? I can be the hands and feet. And God can help the leaders of our church. That's great. That's great, Miss Julie. I love that. Remind yourself. Aaron, what about you, brother? Every time that you wanted to give up. Every time that you felt like giving up. And uh, responding to that. Yes. All right, well, I'm going to read uh, my man, Aaron Adams' response to this question. This is a long answer for me. When people started judging me and started saying, you don't have much of a future, or you can't see your dreams come to pass, that's when I started losing my joy. And two and a half years ago, I wanted to give up on life itself. Because I was tired. Dang it, I'm proud of you. <laughs> but then I had to remind myself to get up and to let go of the past yeah. and to look to the future because people don't have the final say. God does. And yeah, this world is not our home, but as long as you are not called home yet or Jesus doesn't return, we still have a future and a hope. And one day soon, things will get better. And for anyone out there that kind of went through the same thing, not knowing about your future, no, just get up. Keep worshiping God and reject what other people say about you because I still go through hardships in my life, but I know it's not always going to be that way. Come on. So anybody in this place is full of faith that believes that. I love that, Aaron. Well, you're going to take my job. You better stop it. You know what I'm saying? You better stop that. I love that. Golly, that's so good. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Becca, every time you guys thought, okay, let's give up. It's done. I mean, it's crazy. And how'd you keep pressing on? I, every, every day was hard, you know. A lot of the Everybody walks through those those struggles and those scary times, and it was every every day was hard. I, I mean, it definitely took some adjusting to. I remember in the beginning, the first one, you know, still in the hospital. Becca was still in the hospital before and be before being discharged. Um, I remember just the the nights of you know we you hold it together during the day, and you're you're sitting there and you're you're with your little guy, your bedside, and you're you're looking at him in that. You know that incubator, if you will, and the days the days are extremely hard. And then you get in there at night, and you know things kind of settle down. You go back to the room, to the, the hospital room, and 
the emotions hit you like a ton of bricks and you're just flooded with, you know, the, the, the fear of, you know, his medical, medical circumstances and then just the, the scariness of all the what ifs in life and all the, you know, the sadness of how life has drastically changed and it was just a challenge every day, you know, it didn't stop. We came home after three weeks. I came home after three weeks to return to work and pulled in our driveway and water was flowing from our house and had a pipe bust. And there's just that moment that the devil kind of starts to attack you and, and get in your head a little bit. And you, you're what now, you know, what else, you know, have, have a baby in, in the NICU and we have a, a baby. Hold that baby up like he is uh, like he is Lion King right now. Come on, hold him up for everybody in this place to see. Don't y'all love Rito Burrito right now? That big stud. Sorry, Joel, go ahead. But we you know, we have a we have a baby in the NICU and a flooded house and just you know, you start to really kind of kind of let it defeat you in a way. But we just try to remember that, like I said, that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. The Lord is in control. He had all this planned out before, you know, before we even thought, had thought of having to read. And there's just, you surround yourself with people that support you, that give you joy. I remember talking to actually our insurance adjuster and telling him of, you know, about talking about the house but then also telling him about Reed and he said you can't have a testimony without a test and that's absolutely right and the Lord the Lord is testing us the Lord is preparing us for for greater things and we're excited to see on on the other side what the outcome is you know hopefully you know what little world changer that that Reed will be and we just, yes, the days, the days were rough. The times were hard. The, you know, the realisticness, you know, of what's going to happen. What's going to, you know, what is his life going to look like? And, you know, we just tried to, in times of uncertainty, lean in, lean in to the Lord. And just remember that it all, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we got about five minutes left. And uh, just to kind of just land the plane, last week we talked about Joy Steeler, right? And again, the circumstances that you guys have all found yourself in, I would say, wouldn't y'all say, are Joy Steelers, right? Like, hey, the situations that you may find yourself in are a, a great thing a lot of times to steal the joy from it. And it's not great that it happens, but it's easy for it to happen. And uh, again, we talked about this last week, about how we have to worry about nothing, which that's easy to say, right? Worry about nothing, pray about everything, and then fix your thoughts. And I want to just think about what Romans 12, 2 says. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Somebody say, change your thinking. Change. All right, good. Yeah, you got to change your thinking. So my question for the, you guys as we kind of land the plane today, how has there ever been a time where you had to fix your thoughts? Because again, those negative, not joyful, joy-stealing thoughts come to your mind. And then how did you do that? Becca, why don't you start us out? So in our situation, I think everything that was going on with Reed, like our friends and family could see, you know, the pictures and the updates and like his medical status and stuff. But one thing that 
not everybody could see, I think was the strain on our relationship and our marriage. Um, there, the devil just creeps in, you know, I'm in a hospital room by myself and Joel had to go back to work and the devil just creeps in and he, you know, tells me these lies of I'm here in the hospital and Joel's back home, he's back at work and his life's kind of going on. Um, you know, he's with friends and family and stuff and I just quickly have to, you know, fix my thoughts and, and realize that I'm blessed to be able to be in the hospital with Reed. Reed's exactly where he needs to be. You know, the bills have to be paid. Joel has to be back at work. You know, he's dealing with the house. He's dealing, he has just as much on his plate. Um, so just those thoughts creep in and you have to just fix your thoughts and realize that, you know, they're lies and realize what the truth is. Um, yeah. Great, great, great. All right, Ms. Julie. <clears throat> You know, like, like she said, the devil comes in and tries to tell you you're not enough. You know, your life has changed. Things are different. You can't be used. You're not useful. Um, so I had to, I have to, and it can happen. It's in your weakness, God. Um, Satan comes in and he feeds into the things that you fear. He feeds into the things that you are insecure about or you worry about. And so we have to let God, pray to God for him to push those things away and to let God show you what you are today. You know, I have to focus on what is today. Um, You know, I pray and I worry about things that are in front of me, but I have to worry about today. And so... You, you know, when you get up in the morning, God, you know, Satan's already saying, you know, you can say you don't feel good. You don't have to go to church. Um, you know, stay in bed, you know, isolate yourself. You're not feeling great. You have a tick or whatever, and you don't want people to see you. But you have to push past that and be like, no, I'm going to do what God is calling me to do today. And so... I have to ground myself in that, and I have to choose faith and choose joy in that moment. And um, I have to decide to choose to to believe in who I am now, yeah. not who I used to be. It's yeah. great. And once you finish this off, my friend, last comment: How do you have to fix your thoughts? For me, it's not just about how do you fix your thoughts. It's how do you fix your prayers. If we pray negative prayers, then our thoughts is, gonna, is not going to be to fix. If we keep praying, Lord, if it's your will for you to ever do X, Y, Z, then we are opening up the door to doubt and unbelief. And then we are defeating our own selves in prayer. Because his will is us for, to have joy. He doesn't want us to necessarily be sad. His will is heaven uh, and it's joy in heaven and happiness. And he wants us to have the same thing here on earth. One of my favorite Bible verses is the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly, John 10, 10. <clears throat> so stop saying this, if it's your will and your prayers and stop praying. It, start praying, it is done and it's going to happen in Jesus' name. And whatever you are praying about now, I'm saying it's going to fix your thoughts. Or your problems are 100%. It's not going to necessarily do that because it doesn't in my own life, but it can really help your turn, turn your thinking around back on God. Come on. Yeah. Can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? There you go, brother. Love you.
Hey, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I just love being able to hear these guys and gals' stories and what they've gone through and how in the middle of that story, in the middle of that season, that somehow, some way, they're still searching, they're choosing joy. And I, I just believe that that's because of all of their foundation that they've built their life on Jesus. I believe that all of them have built their families on Jesus. Hasn't been perfect, no. Uh, but at the same time, guys, thank you all for sharing from your heart. Thank you for just sharing your, I, mean, I know it's vulnerable, I know it's very uncomfortable sometimes, uh, but I believe, and if you guys believe that today, that, that God is going to use that story, can we give these guys and gals a big shout, a big hand, you guys can go ahead and make your way off, come, come on, don't you love them, can't we tell them that we love them and we honor them? Yeah, why don't y'all jump up on your feet, jump up on your feet. All right, well, while you're standing, if you don't mind, just stay standing for just a second. I want to I close today by just encouraging all of you guys, the way that the people right now that are going off of the stage, the way that they can find joy in the middle of their circumstance, you know what it is? It's because Jesus is at the center of their life. And again, if we took anybody's circumstance, and the people that are leaving right now, just so you know, they're going to get ready for baptism because we got baptism happening right at the end of service today. I love it. I love it. But as they're making their way out, they're getting ready for that. But I just want to tell you again, and, and the reason why we can be excited about people going public with their faith, the reason why we can be excited about people in their, uh, like going through a season of pain and heartache and all of that, the reason why they can have joy up in the middle of it, you know why? It's because of a relationship with Jesus. And so I just want to encourage everybody that's in this room, or you're watching online, or you're listening on the podcast, that again, as these guys and gals shared their story today, listen, I, I promise you, if they could say it uh, to us again, they would say, you know what, all of it doesn't matter except for Jesus. That in the middle of that, in that middle of that hospital room, in the middle of that diagnosis, in the middle of everyday life, the thing that he can cling to, the thing that these guys and gals can cling to is Jesus. And so maybe you're in here and you've, you're saying, hey, I can't find joy in my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm walking through. I would just challenge you, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because that's where it starts. And so here's what I'm asking everybody to do. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you would just take just a second just to take inventory on your own life and, and you would say, hey, you know what? I, I, I need to just ask that question. Have I ever put my faith and trust in Jesus? Have I ever put my faith and trust in what he did for me? This is the gospel in that all of us have sinned. We live in a broken world. You're probably asking, why do bad things happen to people? You know, why do things like that take place? Well, guess what? We live in a fallen, broken world. This is what I know about a fallen, broken world is that we are fallen, broken people. Now, I've got struggles in my life. I've got sin in my life. Ever since I was a kid, nobody had to teach me how to sin. But thanks, uh, th thankfully, that, that God didn't just leave us in our sin and leave us far away. But he was willing that even while we were still sinning, Christ died for us, the Bible says. And the Bible tells us that, that you know what, there is a payment that has to be made. That's why Jesus had to die. That there was a payment that had to pay for sin. Just like you and I go to the grocery store, there has to be a payment for the, the groceries that we exchange, the money for the groceries. And it's the same way that Jesus did for you and I. Is the fact that Jesus was willing to exchange his perfect life, his blood, his sacrifice for yours and my sin. And the Bible just tells us that if we will just put our faith in him, if we will believe that Jesus is Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead, believe that he died on the cross for you and I, but that he did not stay dead. If we will put our trust in that, guess what? The Bible says that you and I will be saved. So maybe you're in here. 
And again, I know today's a little unorthodox, a little different than how we usually do it, but I just believe that the Holy Spirit can work through stories and scripture and pointing people to Jesus because ultimately that's what our job is to do. And so today, you're in this room, you tried everything. Maybe you tried just fixing your thoughts on other things other than God. You tried just to, to fix your, your situation by getting this or doing that and nothing ever fills you up completely. Well, I just want to encourage you. You know why? Because there's a hole inside of you that can't be filled by anything this world has to offer other than Jesus. And if you're in this room and you say, you know what? I want that hole to be filled in my life. I want Jesus to come in my life. I want Jesus to save me. I want him to forgive me. I want to be full of Jesus today. If that's you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You don't have to, it's not a magic prayer that saves you. It's not a word for word prayer that saves you. It's a heart prayer that saves you. Where you just say, hey, something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word, but you just tell God what you need. God, I need you to save me. Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you help me live for you? I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you gave your life for me. I believe that you were, uh, you, that, that you were put in a tomb, but that you got out of the grave. And I put my full trust in you today, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for giving your life for me, and I accept your forgiveness today. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're listening on the podcast, and you just prayed that prayer or something like it, but it was a heart prayer where you just kind of surrendered your life to Jesus, where you exchanged your sin for his payment, where you just said, hey, I need Jesus to save me. If that's you, first of all, I just want to tell you congratulations on making the best decision that you've ever made in your life. Because it's the best decision to say yes to Jesus. It's the, it's the decision that literally changes the trajectory of your life, I believe, in eternity. And uh, we're just so excited about that. We want to be a church that celebrates that. We're going to be a place that will celebrate that. And so I just want to encourage you that if you just prayed to receive Jesus, would you tell somebody? Would you let somebody know, hey, I just prayed to receive Jesus today. I just, I just asked Jesus to save me. And here's what I'm going to ask of you. We've got a prayer team that's going to be down uh, on, on my right, your left, at the end of the service. If you want to tell us that way, you can let us know that way. We'd love to give the Bible to you. We'd love to put a, a, a new believer's guide in your hand. I know you've got questions. You can let us know that way if you're watching online or even in the room. Another way that you can let us know that you made that decision is all you got to do is just text the word, or text the word PURPOSE to the number 270-229-6488. That lets us know that you made that decision and we'd be honored to follow up with you this week, help you take that next step of what it looks like as you now start this new relationship with Jesus. We're so proud of you. There's a party going on in heaven. And so Purpose Church, I just would ask that we would bring a little bit of heaven down to earth. Can we just thank God? Can we put our hands together and just give God some incredible praise for people meeting Jesus today? Come on. If you love Jesus, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place? Come on. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.